Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock podcast, the beautiful club within the beautiful game. That's what we're here to talk about, as always, with me and with Peter. We have... Andy Knott, who is in the background, he's cooking, but he is dipping in and out when he can. Hello, Andy. I'm here. Hello. <laughs> Excellent. And we have a returning Richard of the Holberton variety as well. How are you doing, Richard? I'm very well. Very well, Russ. I've, I've thawed, out, thawed out since Saturday, thankfully. Yeah, marvellous, marvellous. And uh, and did any of you boo at the weekend? I'm sure all of you did, didn't you? Terrible I did, but not the game. Just randomly... <laughs> People walking down the street, you know. <laughs> only at the um, only at the highlights of Strictly, not in a not in a football context. <laughs> I was at Craig Revel Hallward's scathing oh. criticisms. You yeah, got to do that, haven't you? Yeah, he just brings out the worst in me. But other than well, what that, would he no, have made of Albion's finishing? <laughs> <laughs> I um, shudder to think what he would have made of that. But... He wouldn't be saying fabulous, that's for sure. No, he wouldn't. Anyway, yes, and indeed that is the case, and that is why we have failed to win yet again another goalless draw in a game in which we've well pretty much dominated the overall general play. Um, we did, however, preserve our clean sheet record against Leeds, which now stretches to six games in a row at the Amex, which is quite satisfying. Um, not that we really had to do much to stop them. Um, they didn't really pose much of a threat when all said and done. Um, the game, yeah, nil-nil in the end. Uh, lineups we had, well... The BBC described it as a back four with Veltman, Webster, Duncan, Kukurea. I'm not quite so sure about that. It's kind of flexible between that and a back five, you could say. Lamptey did go forward a lot, especially first half. Lamptey being the right side. Um, the rest of the middle was Grosh, Basuma and Moda for this one, with Trossard playing further forward and Morpay up top. A returning shithouser uh, back with us, but not really up to many antics and not up to many scoring moments either, unfortunately. Um, his record now reads 22 goals from 82 games for us. I think it's a little bit less than I'd like it to be, I have to say, um, particularly after the weekends. Um, oh, it's not bad, but it's just, I think after a good start, things have been disappointing. But he's not been in the team for a few games. He's come back, and I guess it looked like a, a confident shot, more pay, I would say. Um, 
he missed well two or three chances uh, the first of which I think it was his first was the one where he prodded over the bar which I thought was dreadful um he had one shot blocked to be fair couldn't do much about that but in general he could have done so much more we could have done so much more Modder as well guilty uh with some off target shooting he had a few shots none of them hit the hit the target I don't think um and that's about the measure of the game um so we yeah we lined up against a lead side which had Calvin Phillips starting in it but not finishing he had, he came off um at a very early point in the game namely uh, half time I think thereabouts um they had a lovely guy called uh, Junior Furpo at left back who had a, a wonderfully easy and relaxing afternoon <laughs> in the company of the uh, pocket rocket mighty mouse himself Tariq Glancy um and uh go on Addy. <laughs> He did have a comfortable afternoon in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did, yeah. Well, I mean, he got booked in, I think it was the third minute, <laughs> which which set the tone. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he got um, the second half off, of course. I think they were worried he might get either just turned over once too often, damaging effect, or possibly sent off, um, which, to be honest with you, we'll come to it, no doubt, amongst other things, he could very well have done. Anyway, fair, what um, I would say in fairness to Furpo is after the, the first 20 minutes, he did get better and they did double up on, on Lamptey. So, yeah. you know, he, he didn't give away quite so many, you know, in the first 20 minutes, Lamptey was all over him. And yeah, he was quite lucky. There was a, one t- incident, I think he pulled Lamptey back on the edge of the area and the referee didn't even give a free kick. And there was a couple of hmm. others, one where he literally held on to him and let, didn't, wouldn't let him go and was lucky not to get more than just a free kick, I think. And, but I think after the first 20 minutes, he actually did improve. But yeah, I can understand why even then they took him off at half-time. Yeah, uh, the game itself, I mean, it was all about the first half, really, what we weren't able to achieve in that first half, for me anyway. Uh, fourth minute, uh, Lamptey's burst through, cuts it in for Moda. Moda shoots over the bar. That was a really good chance, to be honest. Should have got that on target. Just a minute later, we have Furpo's yellow for the... For the uh, you know, fouling uh, Lamptey. Eighth minute, there's a counter leading to Morpay's shocker, which we've just described. Again, it was Lamptey down the right side. I think this time prodded on by, I think it was Grosh, wasn't it, that nudged I it? I thought it was Modder. But, um, I oh, was it Modder? I, th- I, I, I thought Grosch. I thought at the time, but... Yeah. yeah. It was anyway, somewhat, it, anyway. It was nudged on to reasonable effect. It wasn't an off-putting touch, shall we say. And, um, and yes, and unfortunately, Neil decided to just prod that over the bar. It's one of those ones you had to get a deft touch on, really. You couldn't, you couldn't just put a full contact on. You had to kind of almost take something off of it. Um, you can tell he decided to prod it over the bar. I mean, that makes it sound like he did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it, it really was frustrating because that, that, that's one of those ones you feel a lot of people would have put away and we just weren't able to do so. 20th minute, Trossard's perfect shot turned onto the post. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more in a moment or two. Um, Furpo multiply hugging Tariq in the uh, 21st minute, or what could have been a second yellow. I mean, it's holding onto him for so long. And the 27th minute, Alamdi again owning Furpo near the near the far uh, post, crosses to Morpé. His shot's blocked off, which was, to be fair, was just good defending, nothing wrong with that. Um, but it then came later in the move to Bissouma, who gl- glided it wide. So that, that was the first half an hour described in in a nutshell. Uh, I mean, guys, what did you make of that? Andy and Richard, I mean, let's bring you in on that. Who wants to go first? I think I think you summed it up pretty well there, Russ. I mean, the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, um, we were all over them. 
and and mm. Lamptey against their their left back was a mismatch that we went to a lot. Um, Webster was instrumental in quite a few of those attacks that you mentioned, bringing the ball out and feeding Lamptey. Certainly one of them, he made a really nice pass inside Furpo and, and Lamptey latched onto it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were, we were just dominant in that in that opening period. And as you say, there were, I don't know, three, four very presentable chances, at least one of which was <laughs> more than presentable and really, really should have gone in. And I think, you know, that's it wasn't quite that lopsided in the second half. But yeah, the frustration is... A, a lot of really good build-up football. We were comfortably better than them in pretty well every facet of the game, mm. but couldn't score. Where, where have we heard that before? Um, yeah, and it just, yeah, it is it is frustrating. It would you know it it would have just changed the complexion of the game. I think if one of those chances had gone in, or two of them had gone in, you know, and you at least a goal up in the first fifteen minutes, that settles the team. Um, Gives everybody a bit of confidence, settles the crowd as well. Um, but yeah, wasn't to be. So yeah, frustrated. Yeah, we were really profligate in front of goal, weren't we, uh, Andy? With the exception of that aforementioned shot from Trossard, that was a brilliant save actually from Melier, as it turned out. I thought he just hit, kicked it straight onto the post, but it turns out there was a telling, if subtle, touch on that which made the difference and seeing an angle from behind the goal that was certainly going in possibly directly or slightly off the post in um that was to be fair a brilliant shot really unlucky that we couldn't score with that but apart from that we didn't take our chances did we yeah i mean um uh craig Thorson missed that save as well um and yeah trossard's been great this season i, I thought he um he was extraordinary in the first half um, Absolutely. So, um, also did that run in the second half. I think it was, wasn't it? That was uh, where he he virtually went the whole pitch. Um, yeah, I mean the word that you've used an awful lot is frustrating, and and that's what it is. It's it's a problem that we're familiar with. Um, uh, but um, you know, broadly. I don't really view this as a great problem. We're we're familiar with it. Um, how are we going to sort it out? Well, what I want to see more of beyond, you know, putting in open goals is that our midfielders start scoring goals as well. Um, uh, I did listen to a little bit of um, your Villa um, uh, conversation between Pete and Russ. I'm broadly with with Russ on there, I didn't think we were poor against Villa. I, I certainly would agree with the kind of unadventurous and um, I didn't think we were very incisive. Um, but yeah, what we do probably need is a different option in terms of a striker. Um, not necessarily, you know, blow the bank type striker, but um, for games like the Villa game, um, I, I think we need options. Um, we haven't got on to the second half yet, have we? Um, shall I go oh, on to yeah. the second half? Or, yeah. Or not? yeah, feel feel free. I think we've I mean, covered just, all the main points. Yeah. Just just because I, I'm quibbling with Pete, um, I, I didn't think Furpo did all right after 20 minutes because that, that ball inside from Webster took place towards the end of the first half. 
Um, and he had the opportunity, to, uh, Webster had the opportunity to do it a little bit earlier as well, um, and he missed it. And um, uh, you know that I'm a big fan of Webster. I thought his radar was well off for an awful lot yeah. of the game, actually. Um, but his drive. He almost cost the second half, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. With that one across goal that done. Yeah. and Sanchez between us saved the, between them saved us. Yeah, I mean his his driving runs were great, um, uh, but um, yeah, uh, uh, you know uh, we're going to come up. Uh, was it second half? Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean Lacardia. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, Sami Entento, um, that's really, really exciting. And that puts that puts w- what we will talk about, which is the burn at the end of the game. Um, you know, that makes me even more livid uh, that those so-called fans decided to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But Sami Ento looked really exciting. And Sami Ento is... To me, um, what kind of encapsulates what our squad's all about at the moment, and I know we're going to speak about um, the the striking options. Yeah, uh, I think I think Sarmiento is also maybe an answer in, in a sense. What you were saying is is the the issue up front, which is that we need um, different options, different presences. Um, the different threats that we could pose to the opposition. I think we need a five-year younger Murray. That's the uh, well, ideally younger yeah. Murray. Ideally, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's different kinds of height. things. Yeah, but throwing it, we were saying after Villa, and we said before the um, the Leeds game as well that we wanted to see Sarmiento thrown in. If we haven't got any other options, then do that. And he sort of he did that, but also did the annoying thing beforehand. He he brought um, Bacardi on a few minutes earlier than that. I think just go straight with Sarmiento earlier on and see if he can have an impact yeah. over the, the extra several minutes or whatever it was. Frank, um, frankly, I'd rather have brought Steele on than Lucardia. In in that position, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I agree. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to bang on about it too much, but that decision baffled me. Um, hmm. Whatever way you look at it, I can't, I can't really see a yeah. defensible logic to it. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, Lucardia was on a good 10 minutes before Sarmiento was on, um, which, again, put those two things together. That doesn't make sense to me either. You know, yeah. I, and I'd seen, I'd seen Sarmiento at Leicester a few weeks back and he was, he looks a really, really exciting prospect. Um, he's quick. He can control the ball under pressure. Yeah. He can beat people. He's got good vision. He's got great feet. Um, you know, why not bring him on? You t- yeah. you got yeah. If, if, you, if you're going to bring more play off because it's not his day or he's knackered or both, um, mm. I can't I can't really see why bringing Lucardia on at, at what seventy minutes is a mm. remotely a solution to any of that. Yeah, well, clearly, I, mean, yeah, I, I actually would have left Mope on because well, tapping in a two yard shot would have been a huge boost to his confidence yeah, if he somehow got one like that. Uh, I do think Potter's going to take a little bit of blame for Mope because he looked in good form before he dropped him and he's come back from being dropped and looked really low in confidence, especially in front of goal. So whatever's happened, something's dropped his confidence, either being dropped or whether something's happened behind the scenes, but it's not helped him and he, he looked like a player that like he was for much of last season on Saturday rather than a player he was at the start of the season. 
Um, yeah, I mean, this. Uh, I think you're read, uh, reading too much into it, kind of retrospectively, in terms of Potter um, uh, um, affecting Mopé's confidence. I mean, it, it's quite obvious that Mopé is a confidence player. So uh, I agree with that. But when it comes down to it, um, I think there are about six or seven players that are about automatic picks. Um, so that would be Sanchez, uh, Lamptey, Dunk, Webster, Kukurilla, um, uh, Basuma, Trossard. Um, and then beyond that, we're kind of rotating, I would say. Uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not quite sure why um, Mopé was left out for this prolonged period, but I, I. I don't think you can. You can say that the reason why he missed that open goal was because Potter had dropped him. I'm but not. I'm not definitively saying that. He's low really, on confidence. Where, That's where, where, where I really do agree with you is I wouldn't have taken him off at that point because I. I, I thought he was actually playing pretty well at that time. Um, yeah, it was just a, just a shooting bit. And I do find it, it's interesting you're saying about the seven, and I get what you're saying, but I think it's a, almost a kind of suggests that Potter doesn't have a great deal of faith in Mope, that he's not in that list, because he should be as the only fit striker we really have at the moment. Right. Hmm. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I, I, it's interesting Sarmiento's yeah. come in, because, I mean, there was talk about whether Ferguson might be thrown into the equation, and clearly he was out of the squads for the 23 and, and everyone thought, oh, it's 23's game. And everyone thought maybe, oh, it could be him on the bench. Actually, it wasn't the case. Connolly wasn't on the bench. So clearly, he's either injured or got an attitude problem or he's got um, confidence issues or whatever. Injured, but he's been, but, but he's I been back, hasn't he? He's been for the last two games beforehand. So, so I don't so know we can, what's happened. We can, why... Yeah, we can only assume that he's he's out of favour or injured. Or he's ill, or whatever. If he's um, below so the he's, cardia, bloody yeah. Hell. I mean, if if it, if that is what it is, I mean, that doesn't bode well, does it? And no. I think just chuck in Sarmiento and maybe chuck in Ferguson as well. It's interesting that Sarmiento's risen into that position because he's clearly offering something more than just goals in terms of what he's been doing in pressing. Um, but he's he's yeah, he's a dynamic presence. Uh, he didn't have much time, and <laughs> which you can't much. say about the cardia. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, we need someone, don't we, who provides an offensive presence and not someone who is an offensive presence. And that's what, that's what he is to me. I just, I think You've been lining uh, that up all night, have you? I, no. ha- I have actually been thinking about that. I thought I've got to throw that in at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? I mean, he, he's aggravating people. Nobody's inspired with confidence when he comes on the pitch. And OK, he did at least look like he was trying uh, in this game. He did make some movements... <laughs> where other times he's just lolled around. Um, that's about as good as you can say for him, really. I mean, he had one tame shot to me quite near the end, have where he was on the turn. 20-minute cameo in the Premier League since we've been up? And the oh, probably. Probably. And also at um, Huddersfield, that first game was dreadful, wasn't he? And he was hauled off at half-time oh, yes. on his debut well, at right midfield. But there's not many, I don't think. He hasn't played, hmm. he hasn't played in the Premiership since August 2019, I think I read. So that's nearly two and a half years ago. Hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm generally a big fan of Potter's, as you know, but I, I do think that, you know, he needs, I think we're entitled to question that decision. Because, you know, you had McAllister on the bench, you had Mwepu on the bench, you could stick Trossard in a centre-forward position and reconfigure the midfield. There's all sorts of different permutations. Anything. That would have been, that any, yeah, as you said, anything. 
Jason Steele. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Anything would have been preferable. <laughs> I, 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 I just I can't him, fathom the thinking. I wanted him to bring on the free score and Adam Lalana. <laughs> yeah, it's another clinical finisher. Um, the yeah, has actually his... got more goals for Brighton than Lalana has actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the goals he has scored have, have been good finishes. It's just you know he's in terms of his presence on the pitch, in terms of his effort, his attitude, his getting into the squad uh, achievements are just not there in the, the first place. So it doesn't over two and a half years ago. So exactly, probably exactly. not exactly improved since then. Seeing as he didn't do great uh, in America. Yeah. He's a spent force, isn't he? I can only assume that, the, that there may be the, the option, of course, that um, of why Potter did that may not have been necessarily for purist reasons. He may have been trying to make a point. It's been suggested by a number of people. I don't see I can't, that with Potter. I can't see that I, in I a winnable game. I can't see him being that sort of person. I mean, surely no. everyone can see we need a striker without bringing Lacardia on. You don't Precisely. need to bring on Lacardia to show that. I'm sure the, the owners know that he knows, and he knows yeah. that the owners know, so it's not as if... Well, um, and, and, and even, if, even if that were the reason, that means he's prepared to jeopardise or sabotage the chances of winning a game and yeah. basically throw away two, two poss- possible two points to to make yeah. a point that people already know. Which now, I Gus Poyer, I could see doing that, for example. I can imagine yes. doing that <laughs> to make a point. But Potter, no, I can't, I can't believe he'd do that. No, I, don't, I don't think he would. It is the most logical explanation because there isn't any others. <laughs> Um, yes, I, anyway, I mean, on. obviously, we, I mean, if anyone's got any other comments on the rest of the second half, by more means throw them in. But oh, while I thought, doing, I was, oh, no, I was just going to say something about the booing at the end. But if if anything to do with the match, please go in. With yeah, that the first. only thing I was going to say was that we that in the end we had twenty shots to eleven um, hmm. in total, but we had far yeah. we tested them far less. Their keeper far yeah. less than. They tested yeah, four, last. Is it four That's on just, target? Yeah. And therefore, yeah. you know, obviously ours was one was like on the post, pushed onto the post from Trossard, and that was really good. Mm. But the other three were all straight at the keeper, whereas Sanchez made two really good saves second half. Mm. So That's the true. frustration thing is we could easily have lost it as well. I think I think the stat, those stats you've quoted are the same as Norwich's game in their, their goal of straw, which pipped us to last on match of the day, interestingly. But anyway, Andy, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to quibble with that again. Um, I, I thought he did a few poor things, but also Solly was pretty effective when he came in, came on. Mm-hmm. And they went straight at the keeper. I, I think both both of his efforts were pretty good saves, actually, um, um, from from their keeper. I mean, one was part blocked. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, the deflection over the, the one deflected one. Yeah, that's that's true. The other one hit the post, I think, rather than yeah, it, on target. Well, no, the goalkeeper put it onto the post. I think. Many yeah, I think he. I, I think, think he, he got to the post and bounced out to him. It, it, it was a bit unclear, but it looked like he might have got a slight touch. I, on I it. don't think and they it, counted that in the stats because we only had four shots on target. And I think two or three of them, at least, were on straight at the keeper. Yeah, I think it would have been probably seen as having gone straight on the post in terms of the stats, people. But um, I mean, you know, we mentioned Norwich. Obviously, famously, <laughs> Stockdale scored two goals there in a similar sort of scenario. You know, your point, your shot comes back off the woodwork, so to speak, and then. You know, it bounces in. Anything could have happened. It's just one of those days. The earlier shot, yeah, you're right. It was blocked quite early into the into the shots, deflected up, which actually did present a really difficult situation for the goalkeeper. So that was a, that was a good save. But where it was originally going to go, I think, was further towards the near post, similar to where that shot that did hit the post went. Um, and I think that who knows what what that would have been like. That might have been a brilliant shot that was going straight in. 
But um, yeah, I thought Solly did okay. I thought there was a number of decent individual performances as well as the general team play. Um, I agree that Trossard had a brilliant game. I thought Lamptey obviously shone. He's really back to his best. Suma looked like he was back to his best. Um, I think most of the, the back line was solid, apart from what we said about Webster's faux pas. Kukureya had another great game in both terms, uh, forwards and backwards. I mean, it's a couple of really good interceptor, interceptions, which prevented possibly dangerous attacks just by reading it very early. And one and occasion Feldman he was it. great as well. And Feldman, yeah, Feldman was... Really I, I thought he was flawless, Yeah. I think an unsung hero in this game, actually. Yeah, and it was yeah. it was uh, to get back to one of your earlier points, Russ. It was kind of hard. It was hard to work out whether it was really a back five or a back four because you look at how mm. high up the pitch Lamptey was in the first half. Anyway, I mean, he was he was yeah. way over that was the half four, line pretty much wasn't most it? <laughs> of the time, and Veltman was a yeah. conventional right back. So that was that was a four. And to your point about the second half, you know, they made some adjustments at half times. They took their left back off. They took Calvin Phillips off, and they made another sub. I think they've made all three of their subs not far into the second half. So they changed mm. things around a bit and it's, it, it kind of got a little bit shapeless and we were, we became a bit less of a threat. I mean, Lamptey got subbed off for whatever, 70, 70 minutes or thereabouts and was mm. becoming a bit less effective for a few minutes before that because he was clearly tired. So, but as you said, we, there were still, I don't know, four, three, four, five presentable chances in, in the second half. I mean, Modo had a couple of decent chances. He had one where he intercepted a back pass and kind of scuffed it slightly across goal, um, yeah. which maybe he could have made more of. And he had one uh, he had one where Grosh cut it back to him and it, it hit it over the bar and the two saves from, from March. So, you know, we were still creating chances, even though we yeah. weren't, didn't look quite as dominant throughout the second half as we did in the first. That's true. And actually, the, speaking of scuffed, I think the other chance that Morpay had was in the first half, he had a shot which he couldn't quite connect with properly. I'm not so, so sure how much there was any blame in that one. I think the timing of it just wasn't quite right. He had a player bearing down on him as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, I mean, the, disappoint, I think, the disappointing thing about those three early chances is that, is that we didn't hit the target with any of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's I the mean, problem. If it saves it, it, fine. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, they were all yeah. off target. That's what I was yeah. kind of getting at, that we had a lot more shots, but didn't, you know, in, I think... Sanchez made two of the best three saves of the game, probably. Maybe certainly two of the best four. Yeah. Yeah. Andy? In terms of the formation, um, I think we played with the back four, um, mm. really. I mean, I know it was difficult to work out. I'd probably say it was a kind of 4 3 3, but Moda was floating around, playing quite advanced. Um, you know, Trossard started off on the left. Lamptey played extremely high up the pitch. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. I think he could have to a right. five if needed at times, didn't it? I, mean, I, yeah. I agree about, I it's thought Trossard had about his best game for us, but I, mean, I agree with everyone else. I think I would have said, because Lamptey, I think, faded a bit second half, I would have put Trossard as man the match, followed by Veltman, to be honest, and then Lamptey, hmm. um, which is a bit controversial. Yeah. Yeah, Trossard, Trossard was exceptional. Yeah, he was exceptional, especially yeah. in the first half. Carrillo was my man of the match, but um, I think... Um, Trossard has been comfortably our best player this season. Yeah. It's been exceptional. Um, and there were two brilliant runs. There was the one Andy was talking about, which I thought was first half, but either way, when he went backwards and then turned and then yeah. went pretty much the length of the pitch. And there was also one where he went across the area and beat two or three players and eventually fed, I think, Kukurelia. Um, so, yeah, he's, his, you know, his skill level. I mean, there's talk of linking him with Barcelona today. I think that might be a, a stretch, but... You know, it's you, know, you can understand why teams are going to get linked with him, especially if he only got a year left in his contract after this year. 
You know, we need to yeah, sort that yeah. out soon if we're going to get the money we we need we, we should get for him or to or keep him. Well, we've got quite a few players that whose contracts are up in twenty twenty three, isn't it? Yeah, mm. not I think it's only Grosh well, actually, the first team. Actually, Lukardis is up in twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's only Grosh <laughs> and Lukardi. I think this summer for them for the first team. I think, and then yeah, and well and Welbeck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, back. and then there's a lot, as you say. I think there's about ten or something, aren't there? Yeah. Like, like McAllister and Modder. No one. No, Tony McAllister and a couple of yeah. others as well who were quite regular. Mopay Trossard. Yeah, we need to get that sorted soon. Yeah, indeed. Um, one thing. I mean, people have said it's a little bit like last season with the way we, you know, our XG or the way we're not getting wins and not putting games to bed, that sort of thing. One thing, of course, that's been overlooked in all of that related to last year is hitting the woodwork. We hit it three times in this game. We're shaping ourselves up ready for the Man U match, aren't we, in a few weeks, obviously, to, so we can replicate that. Um, that was pretty frustrating. Um, I've got to, second, to the be comp- fair, the model one wasn't really frustrating because it hit the outside of the post and was never going to go in. Yeah, to be, to be fair, that was... That, that wasn't, I mean, you know... You can it barely counts in my view as hitting the woodwork. Obviously, it does yeah. the stats, but yeah. the other two obviously it doesn't, do. it doesn't have any other options there, does it? There's no yeah. one there. It's going to, unlikely to be able to hold it up and get yeah. the ball to someone afterwards. So you might as well have a pop. It's almost Just, physically you have to swerve it to get it in from there, probably. Yeah, you know, the post yeah. is literally in the way of the goal from where he's jumped from. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, once in a million, you might get some sort of extraordinarily deadly accurate shot there where it could go it just quite windy. past one post off the other. Yeah. That's true. You should have just looped it into the air, shouldn't we? <laughs> See what happens. But we've got to talk about the the incident. I know it's been disproportionately overblown, as we said off air just, just now, but the um, the booing, of course, of the game. I mean, first of all, um, Graham Potter's quote after the game was to say... I am a little bit perplexed to the reaction in the crowd at the end because the performance was fantastic against a team that liked to dominate possession, liked to outrun you. They didn't do that today. They are entitled to their opinions, he said of the fans, but I disagree with them completely. We are sitting eighth in the Premier League, but maybe I need a history lesson on this football club. So quite spiky words from him, very uncharacteristic of him. Um, I... Just before we go on to discuss that, I will also add in that a friend of the show, Alan, uh, said that he sits in the West Lower, um, somewhere behind the dugouts, and somewhere in front of him, nearer to the dugouts, was uh, somebody shouting a load of idiotic, to use his word, I think it was, uh, kind of comments and criticisms in Potter's direction, which Potter heard and looked around on more than one occasion. So I, I would imagine, actually, that specific little incident there would have informed part of the reason for his reaction specifically and notwithstanding the fact there was some booing from what may have been one two hundred people maybe it's difficult to know exactly it was minimal numbers but it was quite tangible it certainly irritated me where I was and no one was booing near me um so it, you can understand how firstly the booing it's not really deserved from that performance it was a, a you, all you've got is a lack of finishing we played well. We dominated the game. We played well. We're, we're adventurous. We were fast moving with our attacks. And we did create chances, which has been the problem with certain other games, such as Arsenal and Villa. And yet it was just the finishing, which comes down to individuals in individual moments. And that team didn't deserve to get booed. I know that's maybe not what people were booing. They might be frustrated either just with the finishing or with the policy of not getting a not, not the policy, but the, the failure to get a striker in. It might be those reasons. But the reality is that Potter and the players can justifiably feel that that could be aimed at them. 
because the frustrations are definitely there. We've not won the game. Maybe that's what they think's happened. Um, Peter? Yeah, I think I, I, I don't think it was aimed at the posture from the players. I think the frustration... I've been, yeah. I didn't boo. I, I wouldn't. I very rarely have ever booed any player at Albion, and that was mainly because they didn't put any effort in at times. I've never really yeah. booed off the team off after a match because I don't think it. They, you know, it doesn't do any good even if they're terrible. It's only if players don't give an, put any effort in that I'd, I'd ever boo. And if they if they can't be bothered to you know, put the effort in, then why should I support them? But, yeah. but frankly, I do think that there is a. I'm not saying that they're right to boo, but I can understand the frustration. This isn't a one-off, and sometimes Potter does speak like this is a one-off. There was some comment similar on someone put on one of the WhatsApp groups the other day, which said something like, these things happen about us not taking our chances. Well, they seem to happen to us a lot, and that is, I think, where the frustration lies. We've not signed the strike we need. We can all see. Everyone knows we needed a striker in summer. We can't rely on Welbeck being fit. We can't rely mm. on Connolly or Lacardi to get goals. So we're basically relying on Mope, who... It can be at the best inconsistent to get goals. Yeah. Well, Richard, so what, what... why can't the club see that we need a striker, and why can't they, you know? And and I mean, even we've got a buddy striker who set up two goals against Bayern Munich playing in Germany, who we've decided it's best to loan out rather than. You can't tell me that Zakiri would have been a a, a worse option than the Cardio off the bench the other day. No. Well, that is true. There's no argument with that last point, that's for sure. I'm sure the club are very well aware of the need for the striker. It's about the balance of whether they're going to be willing to take second best in terms of seriously second best, not just slightly second best options, um, just to fill the space. I mean, there's an argument to say we need some sort of number in there, especially if we're going to loan out Zakiri. But there we go. But Richard, I know you've got to go in a minute. So if I can just throw it to you, what did you make of the booing and uh, and what do you think of the state of affairs? Well, I kind of, I care, I share some, some of those views. I mean, I think it annoyed me a bit at the time as well. And that's despite mm. the fact that, you know, <laughs> my focus was on getting out of there and getting warm. So, I, you know, in a way, I, <laughs> in a way, I kind of hardly noticed, but of course you pick it up. Um, and it was it was very short lived, and it seemed to involve a pretty small number of people, which is not mm. remotely to condone it. I think it was uncalled for and unhelpful mm. and unacceptable. Um, but it did involve a very small proportion of, of the crowd of, of the remaining crowd, and actually quite a lot of people had left. With yeah, uh, loads. A surprising actually, number left. of people had left at about eighty minutes. Yeah. So. You know, it was a small including. Can I just call it out? The North Stand were flooding out. There's so many people right around where one of the singing areas is under the box. Um, more than half of them are gone with about five minutes of play left. What's yeah. going on? I know it's cold, that but... was it was, it was very cold, but still, anyway, <laughs> but... That's, that's a slightly different issue. Um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I, there was nobody in the vicinity of where I was who I, I, I heard booing. Um, like Peter, I can't, you know. It sort of makes you think, well, you know, are, are there circumstances when it would be acceptable to boo your team? Yeah, possibly. Um, I can't think that I've ever done it, although I probably got pretty close to it in one of the hippier matches. Um, but, you know, yeah, it is it is unhelpful. I do, You know, the main thing I think is that, as we said at the beginning, I, I we're kind of reinforcing this now by talking about it. I think it's been given far too much importance and far too much airtime already for what I hope is a... My, you know, fairly mild and one-off incident. Well, we're, we're going to do a couple of comments, isn't it? Possibly well, well, mentioning I'm, I'm, it made it yeah, then a, an issue. I'm, I'm honestly not sure that it's wise to for him to have drawn that much attention mm. to it in no, probably in, not in, in, in media comments because that just kind of 
I, I get why he was annoyed by it. Of course I do. But at the same time, you run the risk of kind of giving it more oxygen than it really deserves by talking about it a lot. Yeah, and a history lesson is probably not very wide with Albion fans because basically this club exists because of largely because of the, the work of fans and the, you know, and it's obviously not most of it's not the same fans I would imagine who were there fighting for the club's future in the nineties. But you know, it's still kind of like this. This club is mainly here because our fans fought for a you know for, to keep the club You'd going. You'd assume not. You'd assume it wasn't you know very long-standing fans, but no. who knows? We don't know who it was and we don't know why, right? You, you can hmm. you can guess at these things, but. But we don't know. I mean, I hope it. I hope it doesn't signify, you know, a sort of sense of entitlement setting in among some bits of the fan base that you know we're entitled to beat Leeds because we're better than them. Well, yeah, and I mean, there is a, okay. there is there is a difference between you know booing a football team and booing a comedian off stage, for example. I mean, you know, there's a difference between a supporter and a customer. I think which yeah, well, that, you know, that, can get lost when you're frustrated after. That I, I wanted to use, I, I think they're untitled and I, I would struggle to call them fans. Um, I, I don't agree that they were necessarily booing the fact that we hadn't signed the striker. Who, who knows what they were doing? Um, only their explanation could tell us. But I, I yeah. think it, it was extremely poor um, on behalf of, of those people that decided to do it. Um, I do think, um, you know, uh, it's unlike Potter to be um, to let his emotions show like this, and I think that's yeah. kind of quite telling. And I don't think it's really going to. We're, we're saying that um, it was a bad move on his behalf, and uh, it probably was, but that might just be a little bit of a sign of him saying, "Well, you're not very grateful for what we've achieved as a club." Um, and the kind yeah. of direction um, that um, we're taking the club on. So I suppose that would be my, my point. Were you booing the players? Were you booing one player who we know, or, well, I say we know, it seems fairly certain that his confidence suffers and we, we may well have kind of caused a cycle um, or the continuation of that, are you booing the manager? Are you booing the, the board? Are you booing Bloom for not getting his checkbook out? Um, hmm. uh, when he's got his checkbook out to the tune of hundreds of millions of pounds, um, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure would be audacious. Them, I'm not sure that you ask them. They know the exact reason they were booing in that state. And if you break it down like that, I think they were just booing probably out of frustration that we didn't win a game that we absolutely should have won. That yeah, is... I suspect that's the main reason that that no, happened. It wasn't yeah. aimed at anyone in particular or anything like that. But the fact is that we've seen that game so many times over the last season mm. and a half, two seasons. And it does get... I mean, I didn't boo, I wouldn't boo. I mean, they played really well for 85%, 90% of the pitch, but... It isn't, you know, it is extremely frustrating to watch your team play so well and not win the game. That's the issue. I don't believe we should beat Leeds. I believe we should beat Leeds when we dominate so much and we have the chances to beat Leeds. That's what, and that's not entitlement. That's watching a game and realise, and if that's a one-off, that's fine. But when it happens so regularly, it does get a bit frustrating after a while. Well, I've, I'm going to have my rant now because, I mean, I, I agree with you, Andy. I think, I don't think it was helpful at all. 
I'm at, I was actually disgusted with it. I wouldn't say I turned into an animated comedy of parody of myself on the day. It was actually more as, as time went on, I got more and more irritated with what I'd heard, be it was minorities of numbers. But minorities or not, Graham, that got under Graham Potter's skin. That is one of a number of potential tipping points on the way to a situation that I would be fuming with, which is him being inclined to go versus not being inclined to go. If we're doing well and an approach comes in either you know next week or next year, and he's going to have that in his memory, especially an individual at close quarters barking crap at him, which apparently was happening, happening. just one person, even if there wasn't the booing, that one person can just feed into the, your psyche when it comes to making a decision. Because you think, I've just heard that guy. He won't be on his own. Um, there must be others who are completely ungrateful for what he's done. His point about the history lesson, he's saying he needs to educate himself. Well, that is, he's saying, well, last time I checked, this is the best that this club's been doing, pretty much. And he's absolutely right. I think everything you said was spot on. I haven't got an issue with him saying it in terms of he was right. I do have a worry that it was maybe ill-advised to do it, but it's it's very hard not to. It's a lot harder not to than it is for those fans to boo frustration. I was frustrated beyond uh, as much as anybody else, but I didn't boo. They were frustrated, which is what we think it is, and if that is what it is, and they did boo. And to me, that's potentially very harmful. And if that does make the difference between a really good manager staying with us or not, either in the short or long term, that is going to really piss me off because those people don't know what the hell they're talking about when they're booing there. We, yes, I agree with you, Peter. It's very frustrating. I agree with you. The run isn't great, but come on, we're playing the best football I've ever seen us play. We're in one of the best positions, if not the best position we've ever been in as a club, certainly in the Premier League era, it's the case. We're, um, we're not losing many games at all. How many games have we lost? Four games this season? Three, four? Three, I think. Everton... Everton City and Villa, you know, we're not losing games. We had a very good start and people have said, oh, yeah, but now I think that's the problem. We, had, we won four out of five and people yeah. started to talk about Europe and all that and then we haven't won since. Uh... Yeah, it is. And for me, it's the opposite. It's not a problem, though, because we've got those points on the board. Now, all we're doing is with those eight games, it's a 0.75 points per game ratio, which if we carried that on for the rest of the season, we'd have 36.75 points, which would probably be enough to survive. And that's taking into account we had to face Liverpool and City in that sequence of two games. Um, and we won't just carry on doing that. We will come back to do better unless unless this is damaging elements. If, this, if the booing carries on, if further reactions occur then that could be a problem. That or a freak injury crisis are the only way we're going to be in a relegation but, fight but this year. In my it, it does seem, you look at the crowd, I mean, most people really appreciated that performance generally on Saturday. I thought we were 10 times mm. better than we were at Villa, generally. Yeah, 100%. It was just 100%. missing that one thing. And most people saw that and most people, you know, appreciated that, that, you know, the players didn't miss on purpose. They were, they were as frustrated, I imagine, after the game as we were. But I just think that we're letting, yeah, 100 people get the... the the coverage they want when actually ignoring them would have been far better. And that's, you know, such a small percentage of the crowd doing something that, yeah, possibly would have been a lot better just not mentioning it, not saying a thing. Yeah. It would never have been mentioned. And, you know, it, the media wouldn't have focused on it at all. And we wouldn't yeah. even be talking about it probably barely. Because the media want um, grits, don't they? They want some yeah. juice. And that's, that's juice They're on a, maybe a not particularly exciting weekend. In terms of other stuff going on, oh, Potter's had a go. Let's find, let's let's po- yeah. focus on that. People want well, to let's talk it. about how Brighton fans are entitled to that sort of thing, and it's yeah. Potter. 
right I mean, somebody... on the whole are, I'd say, amongst the least entitled around because of where we've come from. The issue is yeah. a few hundred fans at most, and that's yeah, it, exactly. in a 25,000 well, stadium, 25,000 people probably, because there were some gaps Saturday, and obviously away fans. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, um, I mean, I, Russell, you've articulated precisely what was underlying my anger. Um, yeah. The only other thing that I'll say is um, I set up in the West Upper um, yeah. uh, at the south side, and um, we've historically been extremely poor in that area. Um, there are people that kind of go there to have a bit of a grumble, really. Um, right. There's very, very little singing going on there. But I, I do think the home crowd um, has been pretty poor over the last few games, actually. Um, yeah, I was going to make the same point, actually. Yeah. There hasn't been that much noise. Um, yeah. And, uh, OK, the results haven't been great, but the last two home games against Newcastle and Leeds, you, you can't really fault the, the kind of, um, all right, you might fault the finishing, but you can't fault the performance. Unlike the Villa game, we, we did create those opportunities. We just didn't, didn't um, put them away, really. So my, my overriding impression is, OK, it, it's not a great run. Uh, and... I'm not entirely convinced that we're going to get anything out of West Ham. Certainly not not, not a win. Um, so it's going to go on for longer. Um, uh, but as as you said, Russell, we've got that cushion already um, from from that start. And I, I agree with you, Peter, that the, you know there aren't too many games that we've won that we've necessarily deserved to have won have won, but I, I would say the likes of Newcastle, Leeds, even Liverpool, we probably deserved to win those games that we drew. Yeah. Um, so I thought in the second half against City, I, I thought we were really, really good as well. Um, so I'm kind of riffing on what you were saying um, in the last episode there. Hmm. Uh, but I suppose my, my overriding view is is there there doesn't really seem to be too much of a pattern to identify this season, and I I know um, Peter you're you're quite right to say that uh, uh, the Leeds game was reminiscent of an awful lot from last season. The, I mean our XG for this this season, however, up until yesterday, was pretty much on a par with um, where we were at where we are at both ends. Yeah. Of the pitch. Yes, I think the games we've won, barring Watford, we've tended to lose on XG possibly. And then the rest have been like, and, and yeah, we've had other games that, as you say, that we've won. Arsenal, we must have won the XG because we dominated a lot of it. Yeah, right. Norwich, probably we were ahead on, just about ahead. Newcastle, Leeds. I thought unlike Newcastle on Saturday, we carried on, although we didn't have maybe such a good chance in the second half, we still carried on playing well all game. Whereas Newcastle, we lost our way when they equalised. Yes, we were so good last half hour. But yeah, I mean, I thought Saturday was one of our best performances of the season. It was just so frustrating that we then couldn't take our chances. Um, yeah, and Leeds, I thought, were dreadful, frankly, barring a couple of chances. But even then, there were ones that we gave them, like that one Webster misplaced pass, which gifted them the chance that Sanchez saved. It wasn't really them creating. And their passing was dreadful. I mean, a number of times they passed it straight out of play. I mean, 
Dan James, a £30 million player. Dear He's all pays for nothing else, really, isn't yeah. he? He doesn't really have much else to offer. How he went to United is beyond me. Yeah. Well, how United doubled, doubled the money uh, in getting rid of him. But, um, That's true, yeah. Uh, yeah, Leeds really didn't look, look good at all, mm. did they? Um, and in fairness, uh, they're missing Bamford, but still... You know, Phillips was playing, although he was playing centre back for part of it. Rafinha was back, Rodrigo was back. They've got they've got a decent squad, but they should be looking for a manager like Bielsa, who has his team so well drilled. Normally, I thought they looked really poor. And also on the Bielsa matter, by the way, just today, as we as we record um, Monday, um, he has reiterated that it was a tactical change. It wasn't that he was injured or anything like that. So we can't say we've had a, some luck with him coming off at half time or something. Mm. Well, we, sh- we shouldn't anyway because we were better in the first half when he was playing. But um, you know, he, he came off for tactical reasons apparently, and that's what Bielsa said today. So you can argue you know, the, way they, the way what they are, the importance to us, Welbeck, is not too far off yeah, that. But if you look exactly. at how yeah. how much we've done, how badly we've done since in terms of wins since Welbeck's dropped. I mean, how, how Jekyll and Hyde is this season? You look at what Watford did. They thrashed someone one week. They get thrashed by Liverpool the next. Then they beat Man United. You look at Leeds. They dominated the first half of the game against Spurs. OK, Spurs aren't the best incarnation of Spurs we've ever seen. But they dominated the game from a position of being much lower down in the table um, and looked really good. And as the commentator said on our game, when I watched the game back live, the, the live recording, um, you know, uh, we, we've done to Leeds what Leeds did to Spurs they said at one point yeah. and that was sure without Rodrigo and Rafinha as well who were both yeah, that's right. last weekend yeah. whereas they were back this weekend but on, on the point about the, the, the good start to the season a lot of people put that in as almost like a, yeah you know yeah it was a good start we're lucky we got the good start that's the only reason we're out of danger you can't it's too convenient to just brush that off I think games you know things happen in patches over over indiscriminate periods we have to package it into a season by season thing fair enough but with but th- those those games were this season whether we're lucky or not to have got the results we got those results early on in the same way as we've been unlucky with some of the results in the bad run the point is it's all part of the same season and you can't just conveniently say as some people have done not you peter but other people have said oh we're, we're going to be in a relegation battle i've heard this week i thought why we're still doing a point per game virtually even though we've had that good start beforehand so we've got the buffer which we happen to have had, but all of the games, every game, you, you can't pick and choose. They're all part of the same season. Yeah. And we are, when all said and done, five points above the point per game ratio. We're seven points better off than we were at this stage last season, uh, which I would say an argument to those that have said we're below the the game-by-game game comparison table, which does show us minus two. But we are seven points better off uh, than at this stage last season. Let's not forget that. That's all part of the same season, regardless of which order the, the good results came in. Yeah, I mean, for me, if we end up this season with 45 to 50 points and finish between 10th and 14th, I, I think that's kind of where, where we're looking towards. That that would be progress. Um, uh, and, um, you know, we know what the, the problem is. It, um, it's not just about signing a striker. It's about the midfield chipping in with goals. Um, most of our goals actually ha- have come from forwards this season. Um, so it's about yeah. midfielders and um, defenders chipping in with goals. Um, I I thought Moda has been looking pretty good in the last few games. And uh, at least he got in those positions. Um, and I know he blasted them over 
Um, I'm talking about those two, so I'm, I, I don't count the one where he hit the um, the the goal frame. Um, yeah, but you know, there, there was one passage of play where, well, in fact, I think it was for that shot where he completely outpaced the the least defender. Um, You'll say how much today about his tone of pace on that one, they commenting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So um, he's, get, he's getting better all the time, as honestly. He's getting better and better, and part of that will be the, the shooting. And I think yeah. we have got unlucky in the sense that obviously Wepu got two goals in two games. Um, yeah. Starts against Newcastle and then obviously goes off injured at half time and, and misses the Newcastle second half as they come back to, to draw. And then, the, the, you know, not great results against Villa and Leeds. So, you know, I mean, he's the one potentially who looked like he could suddenly become the, the goal scoring midfielder we needed. And then he gets an injury and misses the next two and a half games or whatever. So we're unlucky in that sense. I know he obviously he's on a bench Saturday, but he probably wasn't fully fit. Um, yeah, true. Um, so um, just a, a very quick break and then a very quick part two. But before we do that, anything else from the game from Saturday? I'm going with Matt Mallon, match was Trossard, and I thought we played well and we just got to get that shooting sorted. Strikers, maybe in January, we'll see. But Chuck's on the end zone in as well. That's my thoughts on, on that. Um, Peter? Yeah, it was... a. a head and shoulders above the Villa performance, so much better. Um, mm. It's just a different sort of frustrating. At Villa, it was frustrating because we were we didn't really offer much going forward. We weren't, I didn't think we played that well. Obviously, you guys, I think, probably have been less, less, yeah, ha- less harsh, should we say, um, than, than I have sometimes. But I still thought we were like, we were too ponderous and slow. Whereas Saturday, we were on it, we played really well and it, it just lacked that. It was, you know, 90% of the play was, was brilliant and really good build up, yeah. some really nice intricate passing. Um, and then, yeah, it was just frustrating at the other end. But overall, yeah, very good performance in a lot of ways. I mean, it is still quite amazing that you watch Albion playing like this in the Premier League and being eighth in the Premier League, having where we've come from, you know. So we shouldn't, yeah. we shouldn't, uh, get too frustrated in a sense because we are eighth in the top top flight or is it ninth now United drew yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But, I, mean, um, I I would say that Cucurella was our best player, then Trossard, then Lamptey. And having said that, um that's kind of unfair to dunk to Basuma yeah. to Beltman as well, mm. who I all thought had pretty good games. Probably Moda he you could chuck in there as well. Uh in terms of the Villa game, I I mean, I do take your point about the kind of lack of incision, um, probably being a little bit cautious. But the one thing that I will say about Villa is they were really well organised. Um, you could see that Gerard had got in their heads and um, they kind of defended deeply. And I think they would have been de- delighted if they got away with a nil-nil in that game. Uh, and Which, of course, I, Leeds didn't. Leeds, their normal open yeah. self. I mean, it was a very open game. Yeah, hmm. but their fans at the end, uh, Leeds fans, did look like they were celebrating the point. I have to say, um, given their perilous position, you'd think they'd want to still smash and grab a win. But I suppose a point is better than, than anything yeah. when you're down near the bottom. And Burnley have had their game postponed to, due to the weather, and you've gained a point. You're three clear, with the, I think the better goal difference as well. I guess, but yeah, I mean, it, what, the one thing I'd say with Leeds is it's a good, it's a good sign that. Um, we, we've got so many players we can talk about who could have been potential men of the match. There's, um, whenever you've got that debate and can't ever settle on one or, or it's a very close call either way, that's usually a good sign. It's usually related to a win, um, admittedly not on this occasion. Surely um, Lacardia has to get a mention for that as well. <laughs> yes, there were, there were some good individual performances is the way I would 
respond to that. Um, not not from the um, some of the Leeds fans though. I mean, generally, I didn't see any anything particular going on in general, apart from when we, we when we got to the station and we got on the train. There were two things. First of all, they charged the railings down in order to get on the train they were going to get on anyway, which I thought was quite cool bit of improvisation there um and they seem to be celebrating that and there was quite a lot of singing on the train and at at the station as we got off and as we started to go up the stairs there was a bit of aggro um which i assumed was just a couple of people went too far it was literally just two three four people throwing punches at each other that was all um however as i was um moaning about that to my to my mate john friend friend of the show hello john um he he, uh, someone else came up to me on the side and said that was actually two sets of Leeds fans started fighting each other he wasn't sure if they both thought the other people were Brighton fans or not or whether they'd actually just fallen out and had a disagreement on some other matter I don't know very bizarre behavior they're always fans to fight themselves their Leeds surely are up there (laughs) aren't they So here we are then, part two of this exciting podcast in which we've been talking about the lovely latest draw, uh, this time against Leeds, nil-nil. One thing we said in the preview to that was that um, we were even on our historical head-to-head, an exact symmetry in play there. And next up, we're playing West Ham. We'll get on to um, the preview of that shortly. But um, just to let you know, that actually, the head-to-head against West Ham is very similar to that with Leeds. We've won 18 We've lost 18 and we've drawn 19 games. So it's exactly even. However, our, our recent so if we, record is If we better. win one and lose one this season, it'll be exactly even across all three. Yeah, so, uh, yeah that's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's going to be an interesting game and we'll get on to that in a while. But before we do, Peter, other bits of football news from the weekend. We've got to mention Ralph Ranyak has been confirmed now. The concept is he's coming in as an interim manager with Michael Carrick um, stepping from... Uh, well, he's going to be interim manager until the visas come through. And then he's going to become number two, I think, to Ralph Ranyak as the main interim manager for the rest of this season. The concept is that Ranyak will then step upstairs and take on a consultancy role for two years, which presumably will allow him to maybe assume a director of football type role, but also to maybe oversee someone else coming in to do a similar job. Who knows what their plan is? It does sound remarkably sensible for more modern Manchester United, but um, although randomly is like bringing an interim in to replace an interim, which is quite amusing. <laughs> yes, the interim interim. Um, however, the good news is that hasn't happened immediately before we play them. Maybe that's maybe that's good news. Maybe it's not. It's typical us probably on this occasion is where we did want him in the first game, and he'll have settled into a, a brilliant stride by the time we play them. But there we go. So that's the main bit of news. Um, in terms of other news, Palace lost at home to Villa, which is probably the exact opposite of what they were hoping. They wanted to say, oh, you lost to them and we beat them easily. I well, imagine they, lost, they were hoping so... to win, yes, rather than... Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. The, the, I think the positives in the weekend was clean sheet, another game which, which we haven't lost against teams that we're trying to stay above, um, playing pretty well. And those are the positives. And the other positive is we've gained a point on Palace and on those near the bottom as well, for what that's worth. Um, yeah, Palace losing. I mean, in terms of other games and other stuff, Brentford got back to winning ways against Everton. Benitez is now rumoured to be the favourite for the chop next. 
amongst Premier League managers. Plenty have gone already. In the first place by Everton, was he? Uh, Everton no. fans, was he? So. Agent Benitez, yeah. I mean, there's what, five or six managers have gone already in the Premier League. That's quite a lot. Mm. And others, I could imagine, follow as well. Because in previous um, seasons, the Premier League's been the most stable league normally, where actually managers haven't gone that last few seasons. But obviously, we watched them back. That didn't help that situation. Yeah, I mean, it's strange with Benitez because I, I thought they were excellent when they played us. Perhaps we we made them look excellent, but um, they've been missing certain players. But they're they're a strange club, aren't they, Everton? I mean, they've thrown so much money at it. I think it was Koeman that wasted all that money, really, wasn't it? But, um, so they've um, never quite replaced Moyes, have they, after he left? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, how much, as you say, must have spent so much money in that time and never really, yeah, I mean, was it Richarlison alone cost like 50 or something, didn't he, I think, and Sigurdsson like 40. Sigurdsson was 50, again. They're sitting in 14th place with 15 points. If Burnley had happened to have beaten Spurs and rather than get their game postponed, they'd be sitting three points off the relegation mm-hmm. zone. After 13 games, that's quite Newcastle-ish, isn't it, of Benitez? I'm wondering if um, they've got more serious problems there than they um, initially thought they would have. No, I mean, none I mean, of them were. People are talking about this. I, I, I don't buy it. What, what I think Everton does illustrate, which those people that booed need to kind of recognise, is how far um, most of the other clubs that are above Everton have have gone, how much money they've spent, uh, how, they, how they've used their position to attract the best managers, the best players, the best sporting directors, um, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I mean, Brighton, Brighton have got, below us, we've got Leicester with their extra resources due to their recent successes. Their goal difference behind us, when all said and done, after 13 games, and Rogers was one of the guys talked for the Man U job, You've got Aston Villa themselves, who I know have had a bad time of it recently, but they have spent inordinate amounts of money compared to, well, their initial budgets coming up into the division and staying in. Um, and you've got, obviously, Everton themselves have thrown money in there. Those three clubs are below us in the table. We should remember that too. From Everton's point of view, um, worries, I doubt they'll go down, but there's, there's, there's got to be worries at this stage for how badly they've started. And, and we're, we're, we're level with Man U as well. It's like it was only a, a, them not losing at Chelsea yesterday that kept them that moved them above us again. Yeah, the I mean, one goal better off than we are. Yeah, the key difference with us that, and this is the key point, is player wages. You know, our player wages is tiny compared to those sorts of yeah. clubs that we've, we've been mentioning. And, and I think Graham Potter did say apparently someone said he was quoted post Villa somewhere that ninety five percent of the positions in the table are. Yeah. Relatively proportionate to the finances, yeah. and the five percent that isn't that is what we as a club are, are aiming to achieve. He's, so he's, I mean, he's, he's talking. He's said that he's said that on more than one occasion. Oh, okay. And he, yeah. He's, kind of, he's quite right to say it, but I, yeah, I, I think he's um, because that that's what that's what Bloom's strategy is, um, um, uh, and yeah, we're not spending big on wages, um, and that might be the reason why we haven't managed to attract the striker. Yeah, which is why I think I think you said earlier, Andy, and I agree with you, that I think we, we don't necessarily need the, you know, I mean, 20 goal strikers that people talk about are mythical in Premier League anyway. You know, I think you have about yeah. three or four players who will get 20 goals a season. But even a 
you know, a 15 goal striker. If we could get someone with the equivalent that Mope gets, like 10, that has a bit more height and presence in there, I think that would be what we need. Something's a bit different that can maybe come in where Mope's not available or is not on form or as an alternative option for teams that sit deep. And we've got a focal point then up front. I think that's, that could be enough. I don't think we necessarily need a, a star striker, so to speak. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that's that's true. Um, and their wages, hopefully, would they be more manageable for us rather than being like, you know, 80 grand a week, which is why reportedly we didn't go for Edouard, if it's true we even were in for him. You know, he's at Palace, he's at like 80, 100 grand a week, something like that, apparently. He, he's not worth that much per week. Simple as that. No. I think if, you, if we were having the opportunity... Wise, he was very affordable, but yeah, wages-wise, he's not. If we had the opportunity to sign a player of really good quality who is worth 80 grand or 90 grand a week... Um, and we got him on a, a pretty good transfer fee, either a free transfer with a relatively okay signing on fee or, you know, or a relatively good transfer fee uh, under, when transferring over under contract. Um, you could understand that. You could see the justification in that because you can say this, this striker makes a big difference to the overall team, yeah. just him as an individual. And you could probably argue the case for them breaking the transfer wage structure. Sorry, the, yeah, the wage structure for that individual, that exception to the rule. I'm not even sure we do that, but at least that would make sense. They're not going to do that with Edward. Let's be honest, that's just ridiculous. He's uh, that's just over demanding. Um, but even I watched the Robbie Savage documentary this week. We would have done which it I, to Dar- Darwin Nunes, though. Yeah, yeah, I think we, I think we probably would. We probably would. Yeah, I, I was going to say I watched the Robbie Savage Macclesfield documentary this week, and he said there was a player making all sorts of demands who had an agent down at the division they're in, which is ninth wow. tier. And he, he turned up and he said, I want um, a two-year deal minimum and I want um, something to do with his face being on something or other. And he wanted some loads of, loads of kind of, um, you know, bonus um, arrangements in his, in his deal. And he said, that's at tier nine. <laughs> we've, we've all got no hope, have we, if that's happening, um, if that's true. And no reason to say he's lying either. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, Nunes, I mean, he's probably out of our range now unfortunately because despite the com- we talk about our miss missed our finishing being bad somebody that wasn't Nunes missed the ultimate sitter and they could have buried Barcelona and been in pole position going into the final Champions League games this midweek just gone instead they missed it they're now it's now out of their hands and they've got to now overtake Barcelona going into that final weekend but even if they don't win that and get into the Champions League knockout stages they, I believe, would probably, given their position, drop into the Europa League positions, which would put them into the last 32 knockout stage. There's a new, incidentally, a new system there, by the way. So the top team, sorry, the um, yeah, the top teams don't go into the last 32. They're automatically into the last 16. And the teams that finish second go into a last 32 with all the Champions League clubs. It's, it's a bit weird, a new arrangement. But anyway, the point is that Benfica would be playing European football on an ongoing basis from now, one way or the other. And so has has Darwin Nunes, you know, have we missed the boat there? Is he now out of our range? Well, I think Notwithstanding who's I looking mean, now. There's talk of like Barcelona and Man City teams yeah. like that being in for him. I think we've... But uh, even if they're not, could could we actually persuade him to leave Benfica? If he's getting it. Champions League games. It's, we can't offer that really, well, can whatever we? Whatever really? reason he... He went to Benfica in the first place rather than us. Doesn't seem to. I don't think that reason has gone. So, yeah, I just yeah. don't see him ever. Mm. I, I think he was a. He was. A, he was yet more proof that our scouts do know what they're talking about, but they didn't quite. You know, didn't quite work out. And 
know, it's just luckily, it's the you know, trickiest can... conundrum, isn't it? Trying to trying to get those deals over the line, it's infinitely yeah. trickier. Not least in bloody January, which we which is our next exactly. opportunity. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think we may well end up, although I don't necessarily agree with it, bringing back a couple of players, Sakiri maybe, yeah. maybe Matoma, if, um, yeah. possibly. I mean, I'd, I'd be happy. I'd, I'd actually be reasonably happy if we brought Sakiri back. If we could get Matoma's um, permit through and get him in in January. Um, and get him blooded in and bring in Sarmiento incrementally, you know, he's not going to start games, but if we can get him experience, you know, free reign to run out there and see what he can do and gradually build up his experience. Yeah. If we had those three players involved in the squad on top of what we've got now, I'd, I'd probably be reasonably pleased with that. We I think yeah, we would have, have reasonable back, He's not played a game really for Stoke. He's been injured quite a lot of the yeah. time. So they may yet send him back. And there was talk of our lone players being let go. I can't remember. Oh, Andone. So, oh, I mean, you could, you could put an argument forward if Andone sent back. Give him a go for six months. Give him a, yes, yeah. you know, he's quite physical. He's quite big, you know. Give him a give him a go up front. You know, he can't be any worse than Lacardia, frankly. So, well, he isn't. He's, ba- he's a better player, definitely, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Ali? He is a better player, but rumour has it that he's not looking after himself. Um, I might have that wrong. The yeah, room, in which case, the rumor may well be wrong. Um, there's similar rumors about me. There's similar rumors about me. However, are you the answer some... to our striking problems, then, Russ? I ha- yeah, I am actually. I've got the exact answer right here, right now. <laughs> Not only have I just had a um, an un- what's this a noon whistle uh, Bernie milk stout earlier on, which I'll show you there. But I've now found a, a solution to our problem because I found us a poacher, the Cranbourne poacher. <laughs> it's a um, it's a nice beer actually, rich and fruity ruby ale. There we go. I'm a bit concerned um, that it might bottle it when given a chance. <laughs> Very nice, and get it in the neck from the manager. Yes, and all that sort of stuff. But um, you know, anyway, as long as he's good with his head, because if you he's, you need a good head, it's, header, a, it's not a lager than life character, is it? <laughs> No, no, definitely not. He'll ail into insignificance, really, won't he, compared to others, hopefully. Right, that's enough of those puns. Um, any other football news? You mentioned yeah, actually so loan players. Say, Let's talk about players. players. So talking of Mitoma, he got another goal for USG this week, although they suffered a surprise defeat at home to someone yeah. who wasn't above them in the league at home. 3-0, 3-1 home defeat, 3-1. wasn't it? Yeah, Matoma got them back in it at 2-0, but then to make it 2-1, but then uh, they, they had a team scored. Um, and also, but winners for our for two of our um, lone players this week. So Ryan Longman, who started to play a bit more recently for Hull, got a winner against um, someone or other, Birmingham maybe? Something uh, like. I can't remember who it was now. I think it was Birmingham, yeah. But it was a 2-1, um, wasn't it? They, yeah, they won 2-1 and Longman got the winner. And Rita Kadrick well got a winner. Who he, who's another one who's quite an interesting one for the future as a kind of more attacking midfielder sort of t- sort of player. He got the winner for Hulls against Millwall. Uh, Kadra uh, got the winner for Blackburn against Stoke, uh, where John Paul Van Heck also came in for uh, for, for Blackburn, but Stoke didn't start either of their Albion play- lone players. Ostergaard dropped to the bench and Seema Sim- was injured. Again. Yeah, I, I think Longman has had COVID, but his return to the team has coincided with them going on a run of wins. Yeah, um, he, he got, I think he got man the match a couple of weeks ago and was like mentioned specifically by the manager as well, which is encouraging. So, But, but while we're mentioning our loanies, we, we may as well also mention the fact that um, Malumbi got sent off. Yes, he did, didn't they? Two yellows. 
I mean, I can't. I saw the incidents. So there's definitely no complaints to be had there. I don't think from the player. He, he was always known else. as being combative, wasn't he? I think he was regarded as being combative mm. midfielder. Um, but yeah. there's a few others who aren't doing so well. I think as Jenks is talking about not doing so well at Aberdeen, and you know, there's sort of. Um... is doing well. Alex Cochran's doing really well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's getting good reviews. Yeah. Rush, Rush first getting good reviews at Walsall as well. Generally, he kept another clean sheet. I think at the weekend, I, I read somewhere. Um, yeah, he was on the Albion Unlimited podcast. The I, other I know day. that's only League Two, but then Sanchez played a season at League Two, half a season at League One, or season at League One with Rochdale, then came straight into the team. So, you know, who's to say that uh, that Rushworth can't do that longer term? Mm, indeed. Yeah. Um, any well, other news? Lost one nil, but he had a decent game again. Yeah. I think, yeah. So, I, read. I, th- I think I think that's it. I can't remember if the. Um... The Albion ladies played this weekend. I don't. I don't think I could no, it was on. I think it's internationals but, at the moment. Maybe. Oh yeah, that's right. There is. Yeah, there's internationals. Yeah. I was oh, yeah, it was the, the nineteen nineteen nil. Was it the Belgian beat? Um, <laughs> or someone and what was that? About three players got at least three goals each. So I mean, I saw a fair bit of the um, under twenty three game against Chelsea, um, which, which was one a good all, result. Wasn't it? Yeah, mm. it was a good result. Um, who stood out for me? Tons was really good. Spong looks good. Um, and uh, uh, Mark Leonard. Oh, while we're on the under 23s, we didn't, I'm not sure we mentioned this um, Ferguson's goal against Everton, which was, yeah, was brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. So he didn't play Friday, which is why he was talking about him coming to the team permanently. But I think it was the, the week before they, they lost to Everton. But yeah. Ferguson's goal was superb. Oh. I've not seen that, actually. I heard about it. But, yeah, I mean, obviously off the back of that and then not being in the squad, you think, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, he, maybe maybe he's coming into it. might be that he was there in case someone wasn't fit or something like that. If someone was injured, mm. he might have been the 21st player available. If, you know, if someone was a bit of a fitness doubt for the bench or something or, you know, or it yeah, might I, be that he got a knock himself. Yeah. I, I think um, something's gone badly wrong with Connolly, hasn't he? His, his really yeah, must be. fallen down must the be. If he's behind Lacardia, genuinely, and it's not because Potter said he has been available for the last two games. So, mm. if he genuinely is below Lacardia, looking at Lacardia at the weekend, then yeah, he really is, yeah, out in the wilderness. Because and the the other thing is, if he's if he's available, but there's a say for example, there's a personal issue that's not a not an attitude problem, but some kind of personal stuff going on. You wouldn't say he's available. You just say he's still unavailable, yeah, for example, exactly. wouldn't you? Um, so clearly he's he's flagging up the fact he's available and then making a point of not having him in the squad. I wouldn't yeah. say it's a it's an out and out action to to make a point, but it's um it, it is making a point nonetheless, isn't it? Um, yeah, he I mentioned think in a press get... conference today he's had a few injuries, Connolly, but I think yeah. the last two press conferences he has said that because presumably he was asked. I imagine him, you know, mm. I imagine if I was a local journalist or whatever, I'd be like, well. Is the is the cardio really above Connolly? <laughs> I think if he's not if he's not making the cut, and that is the issue with with Graham, I think you've got to get him out on loan in in January. Yeah. Put him out. I think his profile's high enough. He should be able to get a loan at a fairly reasonable level. Put him out there. That's the test. Put him out there and see if he can respond to a different environment in a positive way rather than another negative way. Ideally, somewhere with case. terrible nightlife, if we can find it. Somewhere with terrible nightlife would be ideal, maybe, or someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then and just see just see how he responds to the the notion of being just left out in the cold slightly and see what he's made of because 
at the moment you, you can never give up on people completely but at the moment i kind yeah. of have because it's just on the basis of what i'm reading between the lines in him just not figuring at all same with Lucardi. i mean i know he came on the pitch but clearly he's not fancied he can't be fancied well we're not going to give a new contract are we so no exactly and we've 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 got to stop you know we can't kid ourselves that they've got any real future unless there's a radical change of situation still got two and a bit years left in his deal and still very young so i mean if he has a loan and Mm. it does well you never know that might change it but that's the only hope yeah i mean they might try and release in, in january if they can manage it but yeah yeah He's free to talk to other clubs, of course, in January. <laughs> we, we're worrying about that, won't we? Yeah. Please, come and talk to him. Anyone. Yeah. <laughs> there was also, somebody posted a, a link to a, there's an Instagram post where he says, I don't fit in, I never have done, never wanted to, or something like that. And there's speculation as to, A, whether that's a genuine account or not. First of all, I don't know. So we have to put that in as a disclaimer. Secondly, if it is a genuine account, I'm not necessarily sure he is talking about football. He could be talking about in society, in the music industry, yeah. in his family. It could be, he might not fit in in whatever. Um, I don't, but I think it's unsuitably ambiguous if, if it is a genuine account. Not really ideal time to put I, that I up. I suppose he never fitted in well with professional footballers because he wasn't one. <laughs> oh ouch <laughs> right well hopefully i didn't some say that will... honestly yeah. no of course you didn't so hopefully some people will be fitting in uh on the pitch to good effect on wednesday night 7 30 kickoff cardia to start it's a it's a really weird midweek fixture this because our game was on tuesday got moved to wednesday um essentially there's two games on tuesday six games on Wednesday and two games on Thursday, yeah. which is a bit weird. I've not come across that before for league fixtures. Amazon Prime is the explanation. What was that, sorry, Annie? Amazon Prime is the explanation. Yeah, uh, yeah I bet, I bet. Um, so I think we'll bring Duffy back this game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that we'll see too many other changes. Could I be but... controversial and say I wouldn't start Lamptey? We've got two games in face of four days, <laughs> one of which is a lot more winnable than the other one. I doubt he's going to be fit enough to start three games in, what, eight days, effectively. So don't start mm. him for the West Ham game where we've got less chance of winning. Keep him back for the last half hour, maybe, at West Ham. Play March from the start and then play him from the start Saturday because I can't believe he's fit enough to start three games in eight days when he hasn't played a full game for uh, almost a year now, a full 90 minutes. Maybe, maybe that's the plan, and that will fit in with what Andy said. Yeah, bring Duffy in, but Veltman is the right back. He does need to be alternating Duffy and Veltman, because I wonder mm. if it's because they've both got four bookings, he doesn't want them both to get booked in the same game. Probably. We're managing it quite well. When's the amnesty, yeah. by the way? Do we know? It's is halfway it halfway point, I think. Is I think it the actual halfway point? Yeah. I, I think it is the actual halfway point, but I could be wrong. Mm. Yeah. But I wonder well, if we'll Alana might come back in for the other one, possibly. Um, yeah. Right, um, West Ham game, um, the actual stats, I've I mentioned the head-to-head record. There's a bit of a pattern developed here. So we had three games in a row where we lost, 3-0 in the FA Cup, 1-0 in the Championship, followed by the return game in the Championship, of course, was that lovely 6-0 game, which everyone loves so much when we're 3-0 down after 10 minutes, uh, amidst loads of homophobic abuse unchecked by the police, right next to me, even though I pointed it out to them. Anyway... Yeah, 
that that day was quite amused by the fact that I met a West Ham fan coming. I was having a curry on Brick Lane, and we walked out, and they, they were walking in. And he he was very generous. He was like, "You're a bit unlucky to lose six 0 You didn't deserve that much." We were like, "Well, I think you deserve to lose about ten 0 that day." So I picked a really <laughs> random team that no one quite yeah. understood what who what yeah. was doing that sort of thing. And if West Ham had wanted to win ten 0 they probably would have done. To be honest, yeah. Well, eventually we joined them in the Prem. We started off with three wins, a 3-0, a 3-1 and a 1-0. But we followed that up with a delightful strain of five successive draws. Perfect for us on a run of six draws in eight games to be facing them on Wednesday. Uh, The results, by the way, if you can't remember, were 2-2, 1-1, 3-3, 2-2, And the away ones have been been some quite interesting games. Well, we won 3-0 there. Um, Then we... Then we drew two all, having been two up in the second season. We then drew three all, having been two nil and three one down. And then we drew two all, having gone ahead twice last season. So there's normally goals against them at Upton Park. Yeah, our record against Newcastle, Leeds, and West Ham's good. We've, we although we've not lost, we've been disappointed with two of those. Surely now, third time lucky, we get we continue a run against the team we're usually good at in this on this occasion. Couldn't it be? Maybe. I don't think so. I, I'm well, continuing around with being a draw at the moment though, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I think I think it is going to be a draw. I think it will be a draw. I mean, I'm worried that we could lose this, but I do think we can we can draw it, and I think we will draw it. One I don't, I don't think it's the worst team for us to play because they play quite open and they play, you know, they the the one issue for me is Antonio, because when we lost their three, we drew their three all, the game changed hmm. when he came off. Because we played so much higher up the pitch when he came off, and and we because yeah. we were sat back very deep to try and cover his pace in the I think the first seven minutes. He's such we've a done threat. Quite, he's we've done quite well against him though, haven't we? Yeah, Overall, mm-hmm. we've kept him fairly quiet when we played him. Don't say that. We we have, but they're a different beast now, um, and I, I don't True. think they do play that open. I, I think their structure is really strong, but I think they've got um, what. Well, I think Rice is looking world-class at the moment. Suchek has been a very good partner. He hasn't been great this season. But I think Antonio plus those three that they play up front, they're they're already dangerous, exciting players, aren't they? I mean, you've been going on about all of them, haven't you? Perhaps not for now, Russell. Talking, but no, but he's, he's got, good. Yeah. He's got four goals, hasn't he? Bowen and um, uh, Ben Rama. But I think yeah. Fournel will be the best out of those three. As well. Yeah, yeah, he's a good yes, player. I think I'm we rated. didn't talk about Fournel's because he was in Spain and we didn't really know about him before he, he went to West Ham. They, 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 they are missing Obama, which is a big blow for them. Yeah, yeah, he's and he's out, out for season. pretty much the season, isn't he? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean that, that's, that's where they'll struggle is that they haven't got the squad depth really, but yeah, um, and with um, Europe as well, yeah, yeah, uh, and they've, I, they've I mean, I, group, they're I, still in it. I'm not optimistic about um, Wednesday. The, the big surprise uh, for on. me at the moment for West Ham this season is Fabianski's still number one because I thought yeah. Ariola after his season at um, Fulham would be um, yeah. would be straight in there as number one, and Fabianski would probably go or whatever at some point, but he's he's not barely got a look in Ariola, see. No. Oh, you're a flappy handsky. Sorry, I didn't realise who you were talking about for a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, I mean, I think they're a good team. I've got, um, we were hoping to get representation on from West Ham. Our friend Sam from the Gladstone, um, unfortunately, wasn't available. Um, so, but hello to you, Sam, if you're listening. Also, hello to my cousin, Stephen, who's a West Ham fan. Um, <clears throat> and I teach someone to drive who's a, 
a West Ham fan, I had a lesson with him today, and he he wasn't very impressed with the way they played against City. He's been impressed with the European campaign and obviously the the overall league campaign, but he he didn't think they played particularly well against Man City. Um, he's not really sure, hasn't got any idea how this is going to go. Um, but um, I know my cousin thought it might be a draw. Um, I think what uh, what my client said today was that he um, he thinks that we need to we as in they need to win the game again if we're looking for, to have Champions League aspirations. He like me thinks that there's three clearly obvious distinct dominant forces in this division and the rest of it's up for grabs and you know all the time it's available to them they're they're hoping to get in that fourth spot and they they're hoping to win i did tell him we don't lose games very often but uh, we'll we'll see if we'll see what happens there is a yeah already a five point gap between third and fourth um mm. west ham a couple of weeks ago were mixing it but um, yeah. in third i think weren't they but they, they they've lost yeah. the last couple and and, the, and the, title, the title race is even tighter now because Chelsea unexpectedly dropped points against Man United. I against say unexpectedly. They, they, they've got absolutely zero points against Man United over the last few seasons. They're, they're, their stats are awful against them. But having said that, it's still a bit of a shock they didn't get the win. Um, and of course, City and Liverpool both won. So that's even tighter up the top there. But as far as the fourth place thing goes, yeah, I mean, West Ham are in are in there because they, they look completely as credible as Arsenal and Tottenham and I would say, Leicester and anyone else. I would say, although they're a bit of a drift, I think United are favourites for that now that they've got Rangnick. I mean, the, the players they've got, <sighs> they they should be well you know, up there with the top three, really. They're missing one or two mm. positions, maybe, but they shouldn't maybe. be. If you look at the depth they've got and the quality and... And it looked like Sancho scored yesterday and looked like a play, you know, the sort of player that everyone knows he is rather than the sort of player he's been so far at United. Yeah. yeah. What, the one looking pissed off on the bench? <laughs> also yeah. not doing very much when playing as well. True. Yeah, true. OK, well, that, that pretty much wraps it up. Any further thoughts? Andy, you've come back towards the screen here from your cooking operation. Is it, were you about to say something? Or you, you got it all covered? We're all covered. Are you ca- yeah. uh, so who's going to the game? So you, I'm, I'm at the game. Are you, you're, you're going, Peter, aren't you? Andy, are you making it as well? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I know Coming where we're going to be. as well. Yes, indeed. Yes, I look forward to seeing you then on Wednesday. Our usual haunt pre-match, which has uh, served us well on uh, far too many occasions, actually, at the bar. <laughs> so we look forward to that. 7.30 kick-off if anyone's going. And um, that wraps it up for this kick-off even if they're not going. It is indeed. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and that's on TV, is it? Amazon, saying. So that is on Amazon, right. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure what was what, but OK, brilliant. Anyway, that's it for this episode then. So, Peter, stand or fall? Up the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.